This is Channel 253. Citizen Tacoma podcast is sponsored by Alaska Airlines. I'm Jenny Jacobs and I fly Alaska. To book your next flight, go to alaskaair.com. I'm Jenny. I'm Doug. And we are the Citizen Tacoma podcast, empowering an informed electorate. I thought we were informing an empowered electorate. In in the the city city of destiny. Citizen Tacoma. Doug. Jenny Jacobs. Today's podcast, we had Melanie Morgan on. She's running for state representative in the 29th Legislative District, Position 1. She's running hard. Oh my gosh, she's super fired up. It was a really exciting podcast. Listen in. Welcome to Citizen Tacoma, Melanie. Hi. (laughs) We're so happy to have you here. Uh, We start all of these interviews with just um, a bit about your Tacoma story. So how long have you lived here? Where do you live? All of that kind of stuff. Well, I got here via the military. Okay. I was uh, stationed at Fort Lewis mm-hmm. when it was called Fort Lewis yes. and um, decided to raise my family here in the 29th. So I've lived in the state of Washington for 26 years, wow. but have been living in Parkland for 20 years. So that's kind of where all the adventure begins. Interesting. Okay. So can you tell us a bit about the 29th district, its geological boundaries and who lives there? Okay, yeah. So it's pretty vast. It uh, from the north to the south runs all the way from SR 16 all the way down to 208th Street in Spanaway. Mm-hmm. If you go out east, you've got East Fredrickson up to 133rd. Wow. Then coming more um, west, then then coming up to Pacific, taking you all the way up to McKinley. Okay. Go east again. Come up for a little bit going north, come out again on I-5 all the way up to SR-16. So that's kind of that east side. On the west side, pretty much easier to get to Orchard from SR-16. Mm-hmm. Then um, kind of veers off to the west into East Lakewood. Hmm. That's a interesting giant area. <laughs> it is. Yeah. But um, what's rich about the 29th is it really does encompass all of your agencies, businesses, organizations, um, faith-based, you name it, we are the hub Mm -hmm. of Tacoma and what's going on. So in terms of the the people who live there, I think we have two separate kind of demographic um, districts, per se, inside the district. So Mm -hmm. you have the north of the 29th, which would be from 96th Street north Mm -hmm. up to SR-16. They have resources. Mm -hmm. They have the city of Tacoma. So, um, but when you go 96 south down to 208, now that's where we are in disparity mm-hmm. in terms of transportation, in terms of resources. But the community there has changed so much. So, I am a Franklin Pierce School Board member there mm-hmm. in that community. And just in that community, we have 17 different languages. So that tells you just how much it's changed and its demographics have changed and also the economics have changed. We are still a blue-collar town, per se. We're still Mm -hmm. zoned rural, but we've urbanized. Mm -hmm. So this starts making it kind of encumbersome when we want to gain self-sufficiency through the economic growth. We're not really – we don't have access, the Mm -hmm. adequate access to get there. Mm -hmm. Who have you been meeting while you've been doorbelling? (sighs) 
All of my voters, <laughs> of course. But, you know, I've also come across some great leaders. Mm-hmm. And that's what's been exciting about doorbelling is they haven't been engaged in decades and mm-hmm. they're excited about the process. And once we get there, they're very engaged in conversation in the platform. I think I was spot on with knowing my community and choosing the platform that I chose. Mm-hmm. Not only is it something that I'm hearing from the voters at the doors, but I have lived this life. Mm-hmm. I am the one who had to take public transportation. I have been homeless. Um, I My kids, I have four children. They all came through the public schools here in Franklin Pierce School District and as I'm a board member. So this is life experience that I'm bringing to Olympia with my voice from my voters. Hmm. Tell us more about your platform. So that it pretty much encompasses exactly what most of the state of Washington is dealing with, but more so in the 29th, given its demographics. Mm -hmm. We are being taxed out of our homes. Eviction rates are up. The market is volatile. Just in my community alone in the south of the 29th, we have 80 percent poverty. This does not make for home ownership. When you have um, Seattle moving into the community that can afford the homes that potentially we're supposed to afford. Mm-hmm. But in reality, that's even been marked up just to right. make the change. So typically you would have a house in that area selling for 150000 mm-hmm. Now you attack on another 100000 yeah. or so. Yeah, And that's in, that's in my community where there's 80% poverty. So... That in terms of housing, we need to address that. Mm -hmm. The other thing is addressing maybe the Landlord-Tenant Act that has not been amended since 1969, per se. Mm -hmm. We've had some things that we've added in terms of domestic violence. But in terms of tenants' rights, in as far as how we deal with our landlords and how do we go to court and representation is Mm -hmm. not there. The housing trust fund has been depleted. So that's what's causing it to be cumbersome to um, fund those programs that help with evictions. So we need to look at that in 2008 when the nation hit a recession. That fund never got regenerated. Mm. So I'm really excited to find new avenues of refunding that that fund. Mm. The other issue that's really big for the 29th is um, inadequate transportation. And not just in terms of ST3 that we feel that we don't have access to anyways, but just in terms of public transportation, in terms of buses. Mm. So just to give you a visual, um, from 96th up to SR16, you'll probably see a bus stop every 40 feet, 96 down every six miles. Wow. And just to give you how that impacts my families in my community is there was a person that I met on the trail. And um, he used to live in South Spanaway and told me that he had gotten the job, excited. The family was really excited at the Port of Tacoma. Now, we know what that means when you get a job at the Port of Tacoma. That means you're about to come up, Mm. right? And you're about to be self-sustaining. But he had to let the job go because they only had one car with two people working in the house. There was a bus stop six miles down the street. He could not get to it to make it on time for a proper shift. That's what we mean by inadequate uh, transportation and no accessibility to the economic growth that is taking place in our region. Hmm. The other thing is is that um, public schools have not been fully funded. I know that the communication coming across at 
seems like it has, but there are a lot more programs that still need to be funded fully, like mm. special education, right. um, like um, certified um, teaching. So some alternative teaching. We mm. still need to fund those. Um, we can't assume that one program fits all. So mm. in overall compasses in my platform is really about equity. In yeah. every area that I talk about, it is about equity, equity, making sure that all of our programs in housing, transportation and education is equitable mm. and even opening state government to people of color, that our voice will now be at the table when I'm elected. And that's what we are excited about. It's the underserved um, population that has not had a voice in forever. <laughs> it's been right. a long time. Never. And it's our time now. And we are, are looking for accountability and we're looking for transparency. But I think what we're most looking forward to is a leader that we deserve. Yeah. <laughs> Even I got chills off of that. <laughs> that was good. Thank you. <sighs> okay. So when you're, when you're knocking on doors and you're telling people this message, what are you hearing in, in reply? It depends. Um, there are times that people are just grabbing the lid out of my hand. I had one gentleman, I got you, I got you, don't even worry about it. And yeah. I can't even get through yeah. my whole spiel at the yeah, door. Yeah. They're just so excited to finally have a viable candidate, um, someone who really cares, someone who lives amongst the people. Mm -hmm. So um, we are just, we're elated to be yeah. honest, in the 29th, whether that be in the north of the 29th or the south of the 29th, east and west, we are all just thrilled mm -hmm. that we're finally going to have a viable a voice at the table that really brings our issues. Yeah, I don't imagine that your previous representation was uh, speaking as strongly for towards these issues as you will in the future. Well, the reality is, is you can't advocate for something that you haven't lived. So, yeah. as I said, this is my life. My life is what I'm turning into a career mm -hmm. that is going to benefit my community members. Mm -hmm. I live those things. I have been on public transportation trying to get to an energy assistance appointment downtown yeah. from Parkland. Yeah. Those are challenges. Um, I've had family members and friends who have tried to get to programs to better themselves mm -hmm. in being marketable. Yeah. And if you have children trying to get to a daycare and then trying to get there, this is two, three buses that probably don't even exist. Right. So this is really a true voice coming. Mm -hmm. And the reality is my predecessor had his turn. Yeah. And I am looking forward to moving forward now and yeah. um, meeting with my um, seatmate and meeting with our senator. We are excited to form a new delegation and we are just moving forward. Yeah. And, you know, the bottom line is 29th has a very bad reputation of being the lowest voting district in the state of Washington. Mm. And in the general election, our mission in the campaign is to get rid of that. Yeah. And so if we are 60% voting Democrat dis district, we want to raise that by 20%. So that's nice. what we've been working on. So when you talk about those doors, we're at those doors and we have our goal and we want to make 20% increase voter turnout. 
the bigger it's a bigger picture than just the 29th though the mm-hmm. real thing is we're looking forward to 2020 yeah. so we're getting 20 percent for 2020 because that's where it's going to make a real big difference we'll take our blue wave midterm but we really want a huge blue wave come 2020 yeah Okay. Um, So you've talked a bit about how your lived experience has helped you to prepare you for this role, but I know you've served on various boards and the school board that you mentioned and um, human services, I believe, and um, on the school board, housing, the the, the, um, Tacoma Housing Authority, the Pierce County Housing Authority is a commissioner on their board. Nice. So I'm wondering if you could tell us about how some of these experiences have prepared you for your role. Well, like you said, I lived it. So that's the real preparation is the experience all by itself. So um, I didn't get on this road to begin with when I got out of the military. That was not this was not the plan. All of that has transpired in my life, whether they be good or bad. Mm -hmm. I think the best thing is that I've taken everything that I've experienced that is good and made it work for me, my family, and my community, and then taking whatever is bad and running and standing firm in it, like running for the State House of Representatives for the 29th Legislative District Position 1. So when I was on, well, I started off in housing actually um, on the profit side of mortgage mortgage banking. Mm -hmm. So I have that experience, so not in home ownership, but also then serving on the Pierce County Housing Authority Board for nine years. Mm -hmm. And that's more looking at our social service programs. But also through that came lots of coalitions, Mm -hmm. lots of consortiums around homeless. So I've been working with the homeless actually since 2004. And I Mm -hmm. currently still serve that population through my church at Alzheimer Memorial Church. Every Thursday and Saturday and Sunday mornings, we do feedings. Mm -hmm. But on Saturday mornings, we also have a boutique that I run with donations. So we're clothing homeless. And basically, I'm actually behind. I know they're (laughs) needing their winter stuff now. So that's kind of um, my passion. Mm -hmm. That's what kind of drives me is um, giving back. But not in the terms of a charitable sake. It's because I know what it feels like. I know what it feels like to go without. So Mm -hmm. if I can use the energy and the wherewithal and the resources and all the good and the bad that I have experienced to help another, then so be it. Hmm. What issues do you see facing the 29th aside from the ones you've already mentioned? Um, could you clarify that a little bit well, more? We've talked a bit about homelessness and we've talked a bit about transportation, but I'm wondering if there are other unique to the 29th issues that we could discuss. I don't know if um, any of our issues are really unique hmm. per se, yeah. because even in the outlying parts of us in the 28th, 27th, 25th that surround the 29th, mm-hmm. the, they face the same issues. Yeah. So. It's actually a regional issue here, and Mm. I'm just the one that's coming from the 29th that's being the representative, being the voice to bring all of those issues. And I have been talking with some of my future colleagues, and we are pretty much on the same page with all of the issues coming forth. Mm. Yes, we had Mari and Christine in the studio last week, so you're saying a lot of the same things that they were saying as well about equity 
Good. essentially. So exactly. And one of the one of those equitable things is coming out in Initiative 940 that's coming toward, for the ballot in November and de-escalate Washington. I think that that is um, a very important initiative that affects my community. And mm. those are some things that we've been talking to the voters about, about making sure that you read through and vote for what you feel your conscience is telling you to vote. Um, yeah. Right. We had... Um the Pierce County uh, auditor in Julie Anderson, and she was talking about how we have we don't have a registration problem, we have a participation problem. Yes. That we have a high number of people registered, but we don't have people actually voting. Yes. So that's something that you're working towards when you're talking to people at doors. Well, we actually have a whole nother rollout coming on Friday mm-hmm. that we are testing. We're piloting. Um, and uh, stay tuned and see how this works about getting that 20%. We're trying everything that we can in our power to make sure that the 29th has an increased voter turnout. So come on, 29th. (laughs) We could do this, (laughs) right? And we could use all of the help that we can get to help us to reach um, potential voters. There's a lot of reluctant voters like Julie Anderson mentioned. Those need to be engaged. And I think the engagement comes one by one in contacting on on the doors. Mm. And we could use volunteers. It's been challenging in the general side of my campaign because I am a high Democratic district Mm -hmm. um, and coming through the primary with 41.51% of the vote, it's pretty much like you're pretty much a shoe in for the general election. And that's all well and good, but we still have a mission. We are still running a campaign. We still have fundraising to do. I'm doing call times and fundraising and calling people. We still have lots of doors to knock on. And so we are in desperate need of volunteers. Mm. Yes, we want a blue wave across the state. And we get it that we are helping other swing districts. But let us not forget the 29th. This is how we got to be the Lotus voting voting district in the first place by realizing, hey, they they pretty much got it sewed up. So we don't need to concentrate on them. Well, when people are not engaged, they feel like they're not a part of and they feel ignored. And so they're like, well, why should I even vote? My vote doesn't count. So that's one of the mailers that I'm doing with my um, my colleagues in the 29th is in regards to your vote does count. We need yeah. them to know that. And I think this is a beautiful start. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a new time, it's a new delegation of leaders for the 29th, and not just in terms of the state legislature, but also down in the L, in the legislative district itself. Right. So we've gotten some new PCOs coming on. We've got a new e-board team. So we're all excited to work jointly with the Pierce County Dems, with the state Democrats, to make sure we raise the level of engagement inside the 29th. That is so good to hear. I, I feel like that's something that's being spoken about nationally, just that there are people who have already made up their minds in so many different ways, and those are not the people we should go after. We should go after the people who have not been using their voices so far. But I think that there's there's an issue of equity equity just inside of that. Mm. So most people who engage in the democratic process doesn't always necessarily look like the demographic group that we serve. Right. So we really have to be intentional about speaking with people of color about voting, about what that truly means. Uh, it's not just about we're voting every four years for a president. 
local elections matter mm-hmm. more so than yes. over there because right now we're choosing people who are going to be serving in the Congress. Right. We're choosing people who are going to be serving in your state legislature, in your in your state Senate. These elections are extremely important. And I think that possibly that hasn't been communicated in the past. Right. And so people is not people are not just saying I'm just not voting because I don't care, but I just don't think they know yeah. how important it is. And so that's what we've been doing on the doors as well. Is we've been doing pieces of education on the mm. doors. No blue way without blue work, right? That's a good one. Someone <laughs> told us that recently on a podcast. Um if you could wave a magic wand to the 29th, what would it look like? What would you see? What would what would services would we have provided and how close can we get to that? I would have a whole different platform yeah. when I ran again yeah. in the future. And it would be that to continue funding the first platform, yeah. which is the housing, transportation, and public education. Hmm. How exactly does that work? And I'm asking this as I, I truly don't know. Um, if you're looking for more um, bus stops closer together than six miles apart and you you achieve your seat in the House of Representatives, um, how do the, the levers of government work so that we get more bus stops? Like, how, Is that like a committee you have to be on? How does that work? I've never been down there That's true. <laughs> behind, the, behind the doors, yes. per se. I've been down there advocating. Yeah. But from what I understand now and how that works is the state uh, will be deciding the budget. Yeah. And then that would be dished out in accordance to the certain counties. And then the county would be the ones who are responsible for getting it to the transit centers. Right. And you would be advocating at each step of that. I would be advocating at the state level. Correct. And hopefully partnering and collaborating with the local municipalities to ensure that the bus stops get in the proper places. Because it's not just about funding, right? It's also about where does it make sense to put a bus stop. Right. If you don't live in the community, then you don't really know what that is. I mean, you could come and survey, but I'll tell you where that bus stop needs to go. (laughs) You know. (laughs) Okay, we're going to take a break. We'll be right back. This is Amanda Westbrook, host of the sister podcast, We Art Tacoma. How do you balance changing the world with paying bills? Thanks to a new program at Pacific Lutheran University, you may not have to. Let me tell you about the PLU Pledge. Here's the pledge PLU makes to new undergraduate students. If, after you graduate, you have a full-time job and you make less than $40,000 per year, PLU will help you make your student loan payments. Got that? If you want to pursue your passion in, let's say, music, or you want to fight to make the world a better place through nonprofit work, but your paycheck just isn't where it needs to be yet, PLU will step in and help. It's one way that PLU invests in its students, even after they've left the campus, and one of the many ways PLU works to be accessible and affordable for all students. Check out plu.edu slash PLU pledge to learn more, because student debt shouldn't stand in the way of following your passion. And we're back. Uh, One of the most important functions of this podcast is to get people involved. Can you tell me how people can get more involved? Yes, they can visit electmelaniemorgan.com mm-hmm. and sign up underneath our volunteer button. We have 
days and shifts of doorbelling. But don't be afraid. There's also activities behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. You can do phone banking. You can help put literature together. Um there's more things to do than just um, engaging at the door because some people are nervous about yeah, it's like public it's speaking, you yeah. know, engaging at the door. But there are more activities. Just give us a call. There's always administrative work that has to be taken care of. There's a lot more functions that go on inside of the campaign mm-hmm. besides what everyone sees. Um, a big, very big one is sign waving. Oh, yeah. That's coming up. On November 6th. So please um, let us know if you're interested in doing some sign waving on some certain shifts. Nice. The other biggest thing is our fundraising. So we are a grassroots campaign. And we started this off back in March with zero dollars. And we've been chugging along. But part of that challenge, again, as I was describing in volunteers, is also hitting me in my bank account. Right. And that being because people know You pretty much have won the race, and there's no sense for us to keep investing dollars in your campaign when there's other campaigns that are on the line. Yeah. I understand. But again, we still have a campaign to run. Mm -hmm. And so I just encourage people who really want to ensure that we increase our voter turnout by 20% and help us doing that, give $50. Yeah, You know, it's at electmelaniemorgan.com also is a donate button and you can help us participate by making sure that we our volunteers are well staffed and that we have the correct printing of all of our literature, mm-hmm. but also our turfs, the doors, the right. actual doors that we need to knock on. We need, it takes money to print. Mm-hmm. So fifty dollars at electmelaniemorgan.com. <laughs> And you're getting, you're doing the work of getting out the vote. So it, at people out, it would it greatly benefits people outside the 29th as well because you're getting the voter numbers up. Very true. So, and sometimes I have to explain that that maybe you do not live in the in the 29th. But let's let's be realistic about this. When I when I'm voted in, and I'm voting on a bill, it's a bill that affects the whole state. Mm. So it behooves everyone to be engaged and invest in my campaign. Right. And you're working towards uh, a new community center. Is that that? I'm continuing my community work. So I've been working in my community for 20 years. Mm -hmm. And I started off as a PTA mom in in the preschools Mm -hmm. and um, working with some parent groups. But one of the things, well, we don't have any resources. We have one community health center. We don't have a community um, center itself. We use the library or we Mm -hmm. meet at Starbucks, which we got another Starbucks. So we're excited about that. (laughs) But truly, our youth don't have anywhere to go. They have to go outside of our community. Now, if I've already said that we have inadequate transportation, then that means that they can't even get to the Boys and Girls Club or they can't get to the Y or they can't get to the East Side Community Center that's just now opening up. But the exciting part is I have finally been in conversation with several stakeholders, with several county officials and state officials that are excited about, yes, Parkland does need a community center. Mm -hmm. So I'm looking forward that not only am I going down to Olympia to bring the voice, but to still keep working in my community to ensure that we have the proper resources for everyone involved. 
Hmm. That's really exciting. The East Side Community Center is so amazing. It'd be so great to have more of those. <laughs> exactly. Well, the other thing is, if we have 80% poverty in my community, that means that we're not getting to any um, viable jobs. Right. And what does that look like? We don't know because we don't have data on that yet. But mm-hmm. one of the things I've been in conversation with some of the county council members is an opportunity zone. Mm. They are actually had they probably had already had the meeting with um, Workforce Central and they were actually looking for a location and I gave Mm. them one. So I'm really looking to see what comes of that. It's right on a bus line. It just makes sense. It's already where we have a lot of our homeless people hanging out at. Mm -hmm. And so this would make the perfect spot. Go ahead and give them something to do. Give them a job. Right. Something we talked about, I think, with uh, Christine Kilduff was the um, early childhood education proposition. Mm -hmm. If we could get state-funded preschool, how life-changing that would be for anyone with a small child, but specifically people who struggle with finding resources for child care. Um, Those are two different entities, child care and early learning centers. So we actually have an early learning center that we just built with the state actually helped with funding that. Mm -hmm. Um, Senator Patty Murray actually came out when we dedicated the building. But we are known across the nation of that building and how well it's been put together, how the curriculum is going well, and how engaged the community is there around that early learning center. We also know that to um, really make a child successful, the earlier that you can get them involved in learning, um, the more they're getting used to learning, Mm -hmm. and then we can engage sooner. And so... It also um, might help too. I've we've talked some around some school board members mm-hmm. about maybe could we have an extra year added that's paid for the um, early learning because maybe yeah. they're not ready for kindergarten. Right. But we do push them to kindergarten, knowing that they're going to fail. Yeah. So that affects our graduation graduation rates at the end. Mm-hmm. So it's all encompassing, yeah. and so it behooves us to take a look at that. Yeah, for sure. What has surprised you about running for office? Hmm. Somebody asked me this question last weekend, and I say, um, it's long. Yeah, I didn't know that it was going to be so long. We have 20 days left. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm excited about that. And then all the work's done, right? (laughs) No, No. the the rural work begins, (laughs) right? Yeah, yeah. Wow, what really, you know what really surprised me is that 41%. But you know, the day before we met, and I told my field team, is like, I'm feeling 40. Mm. I knew that David was going to get 20. I was about 2% off on that. But when we came, I almost feel it. (laughs) It's so, we worked hard. Yeah. We worked hard for that 41%. Yeah. And it was tough. Being a grassroots campaign and mm-hmm. never doing this before and having inexperienced people come and want to be excited to help yeah. and having to all learn on the way and how do we do this and the mistakes that we made and mm-hmm. all of those things are things that we will, we will always cherish. Yeah. But the bottom line is the voters. 
And you know what else is I cannot forget is the South Sound Women's Leadership Group. They were an extreme, huge part of this campaign and making in ensuring that we got that 41%. Yeah. Because let's not let's face it, remember those issues of the Me Too that we were dealing with and why mm-hmm. we needed a new leader, a part of it, why we needed yeah. a, a new leader. So they were an instrumental part in ensuring that we came through so strong. Hmm. Doug and I like to think we helped a little bit. <laughs> we did a, a Me Too episode with Jessica Gavry and Good. Ca- Candace Rude. And awesome. Kind of started to get some of that momentum going mm-hmm. before Good. the primary. Thank you. So, yes. <laughs> it, it worked. <laughs> We're really, yeah, that was, I'm proud of that episode. Um, what, um, let's see. What are your favorite parts of the 29th? What's 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 working in the 29th? What are some positive things we can say about the 29th? There are a lot of people there um, who care mm. about their community. And I just think that they don't know how to go about um, fixing things. Yeah. And if the if a if a community has been without a viable leader, then it goes astray. Mm. So everybody comes with good ideas. Sometimes it's siloed, and so you're coming up with the same ideas around the whole district. Mm-hmm. But what's exciting right now is to take all of that under the leadership of three leaders now and really move forth in hearing everyone's voice. Mm-hmm. So I think that's uh, that's that's good. Yeah. It's very exciting. All right. Bring us on home. Why should people vote for you on the 29th? <laughs> Why should people vote for Melanie Morgan? I think I am the viable candidate. I think that the experience that I'm going to be bringing to the table is what is needed. Mm. Um, I didn't just wake up one day and say, hey, I want to play politics. You know what the reality is, is the system failed me Mm. in every way that I turn, whether that's in my housing, whether it's in my transportation, whether it's in my children's education, um, the community, all of those systems I didn't do well in. I didn't get what I need, hence that I am in poverty today. So um, I I am just looking forward to being able to address some detailed issues that you wouldn't know unless you've lived this life. Right. And I think that's what the richness is about this equity going on. And really bringing the voice of people of color is extremely important and of women of color. Just a couple of weeks ago, there was an article article that came out in the Seattle Times in regards to evictions. And evictions in their area, what they found in the data was that women of color were the ones that were facing the highest percentage of evictions. Mm. They, We need a voice. Yeah. And that's why. And the 8,000 students and all the other students that I'm going to be gaining through picking up three more districts mm-hmm. of being the leader need a voice. Mm-hmm. Um, the immigrants who are trying to come to our country to start a new life need a voice. The women, the women, every woman in the state of Washington needs a real 
voice. And I'm, I'm excited to get down there with Representative Jenkins and Representative Kilduff and Macri and everybody down there. And the new ones coming on, Connie Fitz, Fitzpatrick and Joy I, I, Stafford. I'm ex, Stafford. I'm excited that we are going to go down and we are saying enough is enough. Enough is enough in sexual harassment. Enough is enough in unequal pay. Enough is enough in that I have to choose whether I'm going to be a great mom or a great legislator. I'm both. <laughs> I'm a single mom of four kids. And that three boys I have in college, one's in college over there now. My daughter is a senior and they're all excelling. So it can be done. Just give us the opportunity. And now is the time. Now, 2018 is the time for women to move forward. The door is open and we're running through. And I'm excited. Yes. <laughs> Yay. Thank you so much for coming on the show. That was awesome. Thanks so much for listening to Citizen Tacoma Podcast today. We are part of the Channel 253 Network, where you can also find the Move to Tacoma Podcast, as well as the Nerd Farmer Podcast. And the Flounders B-Team, Crossing Division, Taco Man, and We Art Tacoma Podcasts. If you'd like to reach out to us about anything you've heard on the show today, or if you'd like to suggest a guest or a topic, maybe there's something you've been wondering about that maybe we can investigate for you, please contact me at jennyjacobs253 at gmail.com or hit us up on Twitter at Citizen Tacoma. Citizen Tacoma podcast is sponsored by Alaska Airlines. I'm Jenny Jacobs and I fly Alaska. To book your next flight, go to alaskaair.com. And please consider either an annual or monthly membership. This is Channel 253.